the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino by Gromit's Cutlery and Gifts, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're having a great day out there. I hope you survived the heat this week. Um, what, only 120-plus degrees? Uh, forest fire, 1,500 acres up at Holcomb Valley. Just, what, what, it's California, man. California summertime, it's freaking hot. And that's capital F on freaking. Joining me here today, though, uh, the cool cat in the room, I have Chuck Michelle. Chuck Michelle is the NRA's lawyer for Michelle & Associates down there in Long Beach, but traveling across the country all the time, defending your rights, your Second Amendment rights. He is also the unpaid, but not unloved, president of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. He's been doing this for a couple of years now, um, pro bono. I mean, he's doing a, a lot of work. A lot of things are happening great at the California Rifle and Pistol Association, crpa.org. You can actually volunteer there if you email him at volunteer at crpa.org. And this show has been known to send out special gifts to those of you who volunteer. So check that out at California Rifle and Pistol Association. Before I bring him on here, um, I want to let you guys know what has changed at the California Rifle Pistol Association. This is an organization that's been around for, over I think, over 100 years. But they have become grassroots activated. We have Rick Travis as the executive director over there. This guy is a dynamo. He's going 24 hours a day. When he's not working the 40-hour-a-week-plus job, then he's teaching hunter safety education to kids on the weekends. So it's a dynamo organization. Great things happening there. Matter of fact, let me just kick it over here to you, Chuck. Why don't you tell me what's what's been uh, changed, what's happening at the California Rifle and Pistol Association? Well, let me let me reiterate what you just said about Rick Travis, our executive director. The man is uh, uh, really doing a tremendous job and, and, and working far more than full-time, uh, uh, leading that association into uh, what it what it uh, has the potential to be, uh, and I'm proud to be working with him and the other folks uh, there at the CRPA and the board of directors to uh, to, to kind of turn that association uh, into a, a modern-day powerhouse. We've learned a lot from the technology that's been used in campaigns, not the least of which was the presidential campaign. That technology is always changing and, and, uh, has, and has changed dramatically in recent years. We've invested in that new technology to do grassroots activism and, and communications, increased communications. We've always had our lobbyists up in Sacramento uh, fighting to try and stop uh, 
bad gun laws. They work with the NRA team up there. Uh, folks should keep in mind, don't confuse a lack of effort with a lack of success. It's hard to win when you've got a supermajority of progressive Democrats who are controlled by an extremist uh, uh, progressive agenda. Even the, the, the Democrats who understand gun rights, and there are a few, have their arms twisted. And, uh, you know, if they don't do what the party leadership says, their office is in the men's room, you know, so... Uh, we're fighting up there in Sacramento. Well, you know, that's important that you say that because there are a couple of Democrats out there that, you know, may disagree on them with other things. But on the Second Amendment issue, they do have that. And and it is well, when they have a supermajority, they really are just writing and doing whatever they want. We've seen that with some of the gut and amends that hit us last year. I believe that's happening again this year. Um, touch a little bit on that process. When they have a supermajority, how hard is it to to push that rock uphill? To, 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 to try and turn that stuff around? You're fighting against a Democratic platform that's not just uh, – that California leads the way on extremist uh, being extreme. Uh, the, 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 they are now uh, sort of trying to outdo themselves, not just on gun control, but uh, uh, on all the issues that the Democrats like to condemn Trump about. California uh, uh, legislature is becoming sort of the the the, the, the leaders of, of uh, against the Trump Trump agenda, that, and they're proud of it, and they're and they're you know rec- looking for national recognition as such. So gun control is one part of that. It's very, very difficult to uh, get around the politics of that. There's not, it's not like you can go up and reason with these folks and point out uh, the logic and, and, and the statistics and the things that, that show that what they're talking about doing will, will make no difference. It's not going to save any lives. It doesn't make us any safer from terrorists. Uh, they don't want to hear that. It's all part of a larger agenda uh, that may or may not actually have anything to do with what the particular bill that's being discussed uh, uh, may not have anything to do with that. And most of the times it does not. It's part of a larger larger agenda that they're trying to advance. So we're working, the NRA and CRPA are working very hard up there. But, you know, you have to, you have to, there has to be an educational campaign, uh, that, that a public educational campaign. And the CRPA is, and NRA are working very hard to get that message out there. Uh, using the new technology again in social media. Uh, and and also, we have to bring people into the sport. I mean, you need to make people understand that guns aren't this evil thing that, uh, that the gun ban lobby wants people to believe they are. So you get people out to the range, they have a good time, and the next thing you know, you've got somebody who sees through the baloney that they hear from the, uh, from the gun ban lobby's slick PR efforts. So... All of that is all of that is part of the effort that's that's the renewed effort, the expanded effort that's taking place in California. And I'm really proud to be uh, to be able to give some time to help bring those bring those efforts uh, along. You know, and there's some things that we can all be doing. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, one of the things I've done for several charities, and I did this for Ed Hoffman. He's on on station here. He did a uh, a special wounded warriors style um, boot campaign for for some some injured servicemen and so i donated a couple of uh, training classes so that they could auction off and you know what we're doing is we're bringing in four new shooters uh, people who have never owned a gun or fired a gun and take them through the class and so forth so if you if you have an ability to teach 
reach out and teach. You know, if you don't know who to teach or you don't want to have to charge for classes or go through all of that, think about that. Think about donating your time to an organization and have them do that because the more people who break over that fear of that's a big, loud, nasty black weapon, you know, that uh, is going to jump off the table and kill people, um, the better off we are on our side because we do have a lot of liberal people in California, but they don't have to vote liberally when it comes to gun issues. That's right. That's right. And, and, and some other social issues. I mean, that's where you get into whether or not there's a, a libertarian inclination in, amongst the California, California, California electorate. So, you know, I, I have to throw this out here. These laws that we passed as a group, I did not vote for them, but, you know, AB 109 and Prop 47 and 57, I just got a phone call from a friend of mine whose car was broken into in Palm Springs. His briefcase was stolen. Everything he owned was in that briefcase, passport, iPad, contacts, wallet, credit cards, social security numbers, right? His life has been fundamentally changed because of the criminals that are on the street. And even if the person is caught who has done this and has ruined this guy's life, not that he's ruined his life, but he's going to cause him hours and hours of painstaking effort to replace what, is, what has been stolen from him, the guy will get a ticket or girl. They'll get a ticket to appear. And if they don't appear in court, they'll just get another ticket to appear. We have no repercussions for criminals in this state, and yet we have a state legislator that is bound and determined to create criminals out of law-abiding citizens through gun ownership laws. And that's some of the things we're passing, or we've seen right now, with this assault weapons ban, so-called assault weapons ban, and the regulations sent out by the DOJ. You want to talk a little bit about that, Chuck? Yeah, you're absolutely right. They have it. Ba- they have it exactly backwards. They have it bass backwards up there in, Ca- in in Sacramento. They're 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 loosening up the uh, the gun laws that that uh, go are tougher on criminals. You know, ten, twenty, life, three strikes, those kind of things that that, that put people who misuse guns uh, violently in the commission of a felony. Uh, in uh, those folks go, would go to jail, but now they're trying to lighten up those sentences while they make it more and more difficult for. Uh, someone who just wants to own a gun for sport or defend themselves and their families to, to own one. And the the, no, the most recent uh, batch of laws that came out last uh, legislative session is a perfect example. The assault weapon, so-called assault weapon, expanded definition of that term that that uh, came out to try and get all the guns that were pre- uh, equipped with magazine disconnect locks, like the bullet button, uh, is now... Uh, in the hands of the DOJ, it passed last year. All those guns have become assault weapons. You're going to need to register them if they are assault weapons. Uh, now, by it was going to be by the end of the year. Now they've extended it until July 1st because the DOJ couldn't get the work done that needed to be done in order to set up a registration system and to tell people what is legal and what isn't. It's almost and, like they've gone from being the DOJ, the Department of Justice, to the DMV, you know, as far as their incompetency level. And they play these games with the regulations. Well, we're not going to tell you what's in it because somebody might find a way around it. So we'll wait to see what's come out, and then we'll try and draw a broader regulation to include those things. We're going to take a break here in a few seconds, but I want you to expand upon that and your response on behalf of the California Rifle and Pistol Association and NRA and the Second Amendment provocateurs here in, in the People's Republic of Occupied California when we come back right after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner, 
or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks. As a regular listener of the Firing Line Radio Show, you know that every week our conversations about the latest in firearms, hunting, gun rights, the good stuff afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And you should know by now that our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, almost five years now, Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. You've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge. Now, we created this in response to pending legislation in Excremento. Well, Excremento wants to limit you to one firearm a month, we view that as a challenge to buy one firearm a month. Bullseye Sport is one of the establishments participating in that challenge, and every month there's a special on a firearm. This month is going to be the Remington 870, 12-gauge, great shotgun. It's a classic. How do you not have an 870? How do you not have two Remington 870s? So get on down to Bullseye Sports, Bullseye Sports in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. 951-823-0211. That's 951-823-0211. You need a Remington 870. Bullseye Sports is where you go. Very good. Hey, folks, I'm going to come back here with Chuck Michelle. Chuck Michelle has been gracious with his time for us on this show. He is fighting for your rights only about 28 hours a day. Uh, he is representing the California Rifle and Pistol Association. He is the president, but that is an unpaid position. He's doing all of that work pro bono, and thank you very much for that, Chuck. He is also a lead attorney for the NRA. He's in, appeared in numerous, numerous sessions. I don't know how many times he's been in, in the court on your behalf, but it's, it is his full-time job. As we came off this last session, we were talking about 
Here in the People's Republic of Occupied California, our Department of Justice becoming the Department of Motor Vehicles with their registration fiascos. And they just came out with the regulations about a month ago now. There's 60 pages for their assault weapon ban uh, that we have to live with. And you have a written response on those regulations. You want to talk about that, Chuck? Yeah, the... the, uh when the law passed last year, it didn't uh, clarify everything, and they they needed to set up a, a, a registration system so that people could, uh, if they decided to leave their firearm in a configuration that was going to bring it under the newly expanded definition of assault weapon, as the law defines that term, it has no, everybody, probably all your listeners know it has no real firearms term, uh, a meaning in firearms parlance, but... Uh, uh, I think uh, actually the, assault weapon means scary looking. That's right, it. right. But uh, so the DOJ uh, was there's uh, California law provides that the public should have comment and be able to influence, like it's theoretically able to do on legislation, uh, when regulations are being passed that are going to affect your right and criminalize your rights and criminalize certain conduct. And that's what these regulations do. They talk about what guns, what what makes a gun an assault weapon, uh, but. Uh, the, there's a there's an Administrative Procedures Act requirement that says you have to allow public comment and have public hearings and respond to those comments, and the state is basically forced to justify the regulations and say why they have to be done the way they're tr- proposing to do them. Well, they can be exempted from the Administrative Procedures Act occasionally, and in the case of the new so-called assault weapon law, the legislature exempted the DOJ from going through the Administrative Procedures Act with respect only to setting up the registration process. In other words, uh, creating a form and setting up a website and determining what needs to be submitted in order to register your firearm, and then keeping track of those registrations, take, creating the database, all that stuff, that procedural stuff, was exempted from the APA. But the other part of the uh, regulatory process was not. DOJ and this is what the primary critique that we filed against them and pre-litigation demand that we sent them involves, is trying to claim that their entire, the entire regulatory process is exempt from public comment, that the public doesn't get to, to say, to critique what they're trying to do or, or, or say why what they're doing is right or wrong. It has to just take what they put out, and that's the law. They don't have to go through that process. So we're going to sue them if they actually uh, succeed in getting through the Office of Administrative Law and get these regulations to the point where they're going to become law uh, without going through that process. So that's the biggest problem that we have with them. But we sent in an ex- a long letter, actually two now, after our first letter, the DOJ pulled its first set of regs, proposed regs, uh, and we've sent in another one to their latest set, uh, and we're waiting to hear their response on that. The Office of Administrative Law is supposed to decide by Monday whether or not they're simply going to uh, publish those regulations and deem them to be legitimate and lawful, and then we'd all be stuck with them unless we can strike them down in court uh, or reject them and force DOJ to go back and take another another shot at it uh, because of the claims that we've made in our letter. So uh, CRP and NRA both working very hard to make sure that the, to, to hold the DOJ's feet to its fi- to the fire, to make sure they do things right, lawfully, and make sure that, that gun owners have an opportunity to weigh in and say why a lot of what they're doing doesn't make sense. So what are a couple of the points, if you could share them with us, uh, in the letter that uh, you're striking back at? 
Well, the, the primary one, like I said, is they, they don't get to skip the Administrative Procedures Act to do these to do these regulations. They have to go through that procedural, jump through that procedural hurdle. But they're also asking for all kinds of information when you, re- when you register the firearm. That's not proper. They want a picture. They don't want you to be able to take, they, they, they want you to have to leave the gun in most largely the configuration that it is when you register it so you can't take uh, a bullet button or a magazine disconnect lock off of it even though it's now an assault weapon uh, uh, who says if, if you're going to register it as an assault weapon you shouldn't have to keep the bullet button on it because or the magazine lock on it because uh, it's an assault weapon uh, and there's all the other guns out there that have been registered that way don't have bullet buttons the legislature didn't cr- intend to create a new class of bullet button assault weapon it's just under the law it's an assault weapon like all the others so you should be able to take that bullet button off but a lot of people are wrestling with you know how to how to come to terms with this law you can do a featureless you can register it as if you want to leave it in a configuration that's going to be considered an assault weapon or you can do a featureless build you know take the uh, the pistol grip as that term is defined uh, and and the other features off and put on aftermarket parts that don't qualify as those as those condemned features or you can do one of these aftermarket conversion kits that uh, turns the magazine from a detachable magazine into a fixed magazine as that term again is defined by law you can't rely on what you know the term fixed magazine means because you own a gun you have to actually look at what it means in the law as defined in the the law Uh, but so that you have the you have the aftermarket kits that allow you to load through the top or uh, ro- uh, pivot the upper off the lower so that you can load through the open uh, action you know so there's a, a number of different types of, uh, of aftermarket fixes that you know when I when I looked at that registration when I looked at that uh, in the regulation version that I saw I don't know if it's finalized or not but it said that those uh, magazine latches had to be epoxied into place. And I know one of those, like the mean arms, that has a shear pin where it screws down and it shears off. So, you know, you can't you can't get it back out unless you use a mechanical drill, but it's not epoxied. And so I don't know. I mean, they're they're doing everything they can to try and make it impossible for you to comply and still have a functioning rifle. Right. They're making it very difficult. And, and, and those aftermarket, uh, several of those aftermarket kits have other problems. You know, if you get a jam... It can be awfully diff- difficult, if not dangerous, to clear it. Uh, but DOJ does seem to be, unfortunately, under the influence of uh, some at the gun ban lobby, and I suspect they're getting lobbied behind the scenes because they're willing to listen. They want the input from groups like Bloomberg's uh, oh, and, uh, you know, that's uh, the money Soros. Is. That's, yeah. And so take a look at this. Our California Department of Justice, for those of you who don't understand how long it's been under assault, all right. Let's go back. Who was attorney general in the, for the last eight years before he was um, governor of California? Uh, Brown. Uh, oh, Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown was attorney general. So all the people he hired during that time frame would be of like-minded set of Jerry Brown, which means well, they're crazy, too. And well, then, believe it or not, Brown was actually not bad on guns when he was attorney general. Because he wanted f- further... He wanted further political career. For his, yeah, for, that may very well have a, had a lot to do with why he was trying to be moderate. But he still hired people like Kamala Harris, right? And who? Although she was elected. She was in San Francisco 
Uh, oh, he, I, I, did he appoint her as interim yeah, agent? Yeah. yeah okay, okay. So, so what I'm saying is, he's that's the mindset. So then, for the next eight years, she or six years, she was the attorney general. So who is she filling the ranks full of? Right, little mini Kamala Harris's. And so our Department of Justice is not a Department of Justice. It's a progressive DMV for guns, and and it's not going to get favorable rulings rulings because the people who are there are opposed to Second Amendment rights. And so we have to fight them in the court with people like Chuck Michelle. We've got to run to a break real quick here, but I want to get an update on Peruta and some of the CCW and the magazine ban when we come back right after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, by Gromit's Cutlery and Gifts, and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Mulan Labe Saturday on a, after a hot cooking week that we had here in Southern California. Uh, joining me back, I have Chuck Michelle. Chuck Michelle is the NRA's lawyer. He is the president, the unpaid but hardworking president of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And we have seen huge strides in the, in the changes of that organization and the good things that they're doing, all the way down from grassroots organizing to getting more shooting events out and, and uh, hunter safety support. It's, it's been a godsend to have Rick Travis and Chuck Michelle working so hard over there. Thank you for all the work that you do on that. As I came back from, the, or as I went off to the break, we talked about a couple of different things. One of them, uh, we talked about the Department of Justice. And yes, I unfairly said that they're all Second Amendment, anti-Second Amendment. That may not be true, but... I'm sure those who have been promoted over the last 8 to 12 years have that bent in them or they wouldn't have passed the uh, the smell test for the for Kamala Harris's administration or Jerry Brown's administration. And now we have Becerra, who is of the cut of the same cloth of those two as far as, as anti-Second Amendment is concerned. Um, Chuck, you wanted to talk a little bit about the bureaucracy that's involved with the DOJ. Well, uh, remember, the DOJ is supposed to be and and has always prided itself on being uh sort of the top law enforcement agency in the state it went after kingpins and organized crime and 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 serious you know bad guys uh and i think it's devolved because it's been politicized uh into uh into a a bureaucracy an administrative bureaucracy where bureaucrats who are influenced by politics and political bias uh, influence the administrative process that way, and that's that's typified by the Firearms Bureau. I think it's such a political topic, uh, and 
whoever is running the the attorney whoever is the attorney general and runs the DOJ uh, can influence it by telling them to interpret everything in a way that hurts gun owners and limits the accessibility to guns because they're advancing a much broader agenda which is to make it as difficult or impossible for as many people as possible to possess as many different types of guns as possible from as many different places as possible. Now, you can only see that in what they've done. <laughs> you know, right. the, the roster, the um, microchip on the, on the bullets, and just every <laughs> single ridiculous thing that they've come up with. No, you can't have uh, 15 rounds, you ha- can't have 12 rounds, can't have 11. 10 today is the magic number, soon to be 7. Um, you know, it's, it's so silly the way that they've gone through this. And instead... If your goal was to stop the violent use of firearms, if your goal was to stop the violent use of firearms in your state, you would say you take the mothers against drunk driving attitude and you'd say if you use that in commission of a crime, the penalties are so egregious that you will simply change your behavior, even for criminals. You use a firearm in commission of a property crime. Hey, you get 20 years. You shouldn't have done that. And that worked. That worked. Exactly. That's what we started doing back in 1993. And that's why we've had the lower crime rates until recently. Right. Right. We've had lower crime rates, rates, but uh, the the gun ban lobby loves to try and claim that the gun laws that started in 89, that's when we had our first so-called assault weapon law, and and it's gone downhill slowly slowly at first since then and then more rapidly recently, uh, passing more and more and more gun control laws. They try and correlate the passage of those laws with a de- decrease in what they call gun violence, but they never segregate out what gun violence really is. <laughs> There's suicides, which is a big part of that. There's police shooting bad guys, which is a big part of that. I think the There's, numbers are like 32,000, something in that range, 32,000 firearm-related deaths, okay? Which suicides made up like 19,000 of those. Right. And, and then police shooting was several thousand, Right. And then it got down to felons shooting other felons. Gang related violence was several, several thousand. And it came down to like eighteen hundred actual murders with firearms of, uh, you know, that were actual murders. It it was such a a small number when you do dice it all the way down. And you compare that to countries like Mexico, where gun ownership is so restricted and they've got the highest murder rates around. I mean, there's the correlation is not gun ownership. The correlation is is a just society. Well, the the real lie to this when they try and claim that California's gun laws resulted in a decreased violent crime rate is that uh, they're, they're, they're rolling those suicides into there. And back in 93, the law that passed that resulted in the violent crime going down was, uh, was three strikes and right. then 10, 20 life. And the, the, the thing that happened that caused suicides to go down, because uh, California's suicide rate was far above the national average. Uh, but with, that's when they invented uh, all the antidepressant drugs. So... Uh, um, I'm, I'm forgetting the names of some of those drugs right now that uh, that, that that everybody knows and, and has heard of. But all those all those antidepressant drugs became the, uh, the 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 routinely prescribed solution to a depression problem. And and lo and behold, people started taking those drugs, and our suicide rate declined dramatically. So what really went down that made the difference statistically was the suicide rate in California, not the violent crime rate. Uh, uh, and, and it wasn't related to 
gun laws. It was related to uh, gun laws punishing people who misuse guns and and uh, and pharmaceuticals. So uh, better living through uh, chemistry. Exactly. So tell okay so. We've kicked that around a little bit. What about Peruta? We've all had high hopes for Peruta, then the en banc cancel that, council that happened here in California. Where does that stand in the Supreme Court? Well, it's it's been postponed 11 times now. And uh, Now, what does that mean, Chuck? Well, it, well, that's the question that everybody's asking, and it's impossible to answer with any certainty. All it really means that we can say with certainty is they haven't decided yet if they're going to take that case or not. Now, why is it that they're postponing it that many times? You know, you can try and read tea leaves, but uh, you may as well as you may as well ask those leaves how long you're going to live, because that's uh, it's going to be the same degree of accuracy in response. We we the one thing we can guess at is obviously Justice Gorsuch is a new presence on the court, and he did opt out of the clerk pool uh, uh, certiorari review panel, which which uh, kind of speeds up the process for a justice in deciding whether or not he's going to take the court, he's going to vote to take a case or not. So he's just had a big caseload that he has had to work through with his own uh, staff to try and figure out what he wants to do on various cases. It may be as simple as that, that he just hasn't had time to get to the really studying the Peruta case and deciding what he, how, he, how he wants to vote on that. Now, now for those of the, you and I know Peruta, we talk about Peruta like he's a friend of ours or something. He might be a friend of yours, but tell people what the Peruta case actually stands for. Well, uh, locally it stands for a challenge to the San Diego County Sheriff's refusal to issue permits to carry a firearm in public, a CCW. Now, who was, who was that, have, who's that San Diego County Sheriff again? Sheriff Bill Gore. Bill Gore. Bill Gore. Now, why is that name ring a bell? Um, see, wasn't he an active agent in charge at the ATF during some rather uh, insidious affairs? I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah, like, was that Ruby Ridge or Waco or both? I don't recall if he was part of both of those. <laughs> But I have heard, and I don't know exactly what his level of involvement in those two. Uh, in those two, two of the biggest are. mess ups in ATF's history, and this guy is running the San Diego County Sheriff's Department. Right. That's the ultimate a, description of the Peter Principle. As a Republican, yeah. and but, he's the one so, who's causing everybody to sue to get concealed carry permits. Well, yes, I mean, uh, well, not entirely. Uh, one of our claims in the original complaint was uh, that he had a sheriff's posse, a special sheriff's reserve, uh, full of big donors and VIPs who could get a, get a CCW. Uh, but, uh, you know, the little people couldn't, and Ed Peruta was a little person, as are the other plaintiffs in that case. There are five or so other plaintiffs, including a, a doctor who performs abortions and has been threatened, and a, a woman who's been a victim of a crime and, and wants to be able to defend herself. But the sheriff would not give out those licenses uh, because he determined what, quote-unquote, good cause means, and he decided that good cause means you have to have a special need, not just a desire to defend yourself or your family in public. Uh, so he was very stingy in giving out those permits. We sued him because uh, we believe that our clients have a constitutional right, and everybody has a constitutional right, to get access to those licenses, to carry, the constitutional right is to carry a firearm 
period. Whether it's concealed or loaded or licensed uh, is a secondary question. The, the, the Second Amendment guarantees the right to carry a firearm, to bear a firearm in public. Uh, so in California, they've had, uh, had generally chosen preferred to issue licenses and have you issue have you carry We're going to come back right after this pick up from there. This is Philip Naiman with Chuck Michelle, the NRA's lawyer. Check him out at crpa.org. We'll be back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers and I am a retired veteran of US Special Operations and I now teach law enforcement, civilians and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Well, you know, Chuck is entertaining, but he's also educational, and that's why this is another great show. So check this out, folks. Chuck Michelle, the NRA's lawyer, is on the phone with us. He is also the president of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And if you are not a member of the California Rifle and Pistol Association and you live in this state, shame on you. Seriously. These guys are doing yeoman's work every single day. It's very inexpensive to join. Join it. You know, just, just send them a check for five years at a time but, or life. But get it done because this is extremely, extremely important that you have the representation and that we're able to fight this. As you just heard, um, the Peruta case, you know, Peruta case was for somebody who uh, was unable to get a CCW because of the way that the county was being run, very similar to what we saw with Sheriff Baca in L.A. County. He had a special group of friends, which I knew of, that got CCWs, and nobody else did. So, you know, those kind of things are getting rooted out by guys like Chuck Michelle taking the bull by the horns and uh, having a barbecue. So we just talked a little bit about this, the Pruda case, uh, CCW status in California. What about uh, Duncan? Now, Duncan is, again, out of San Diego County, and it's a magazine ban, or the challenge to the magazine ban in California, correct? Right, right, right. Well, let me just finish that Peruta discussion for one brief sec here. So, so Peruta was a challenge to the San Diego Sheriff's refusal to issue permits to carry a firearm concealed. We won at the, at the Court of Appeal. We lost at the en banc level because the justices were so anxious to overturn the three-judge panel that we won in. And now it's now we've asked the Supreme Court to hear the case, but the en banc panel said there's no right to carry a concealed firearm under the Second Amendment, which is a question we never asked. We've always said it's a right to carry one way or another. Uh, but so now we've got a Flanagan case, a follow-up case filed in L.A. County to push the right to open carry uh, or to carry one way or another. So the CRPA and the NRA are working together. They have a backup plan on concealed carry uh, in California and 
and in in other jurisdictions too, Washington D.C., for example. Uh, so we're hoping for the best, planning for uh, them, the court potentially not taking the case. And remember, you know, the court only takes one out of a hundred cases. So statistically speaking, only one out of a hundred cases is going to be accepted. So the fact that Peru has been continued so many times means they're taking it much more seriously than they have most of the other cases. In the meantime. Last year, the legislature passed a whole slew of bad bills. We were talking about the assault weapon expansion, uh, and they also passed a ban on the possession of magazines that hold over 10 rounds, standard capacity magazines that millions of people possess in the state of California perfectly legally, uh, even though you haven't been able to acquire one for a while. Many people were grandfathered in and continued to to possess them without any problems, uh, but uh, between the legislature and Prop 63 and Gavin Newsom, they passed a ban on their possession, which is supposed to go into effect on July 1st. So the NRA and CRPA got together. We've sued the state over that uh, ban as a taking and a Second Amendment violation, an unconstitutional taking of property without compensation. And we've argued that case down, we argued a preliminary injunction down in San Diego federal court. And we're waiting for a ruling on that. So uh, any day now, we expect that court to tell us if they're going to grant the injunction and, and not allow the state to enforce that law, or we're going to have to appeal it. So uh, that's a one on pins and needles waiting for that ruling to come down. And, and we have a number of other lawsuits in the works uh, challenging the, the assault, so-called assault weapon regulations challenging the magazine regulations if they ever put those out again we sent in a pre-litigation demand letter in response to those and they pulled those back and and they're also supposed to come out with regulations about how the whole ammunition sales background check uh, and licensing process is going to work that's another uh, couple of laws that were passed as a result of the uh, prop 63 in the legislative session last year and we'll be challenging those in court so we've got a full litigation plan in place. We've uh, uh, filed several of those lawsuits already. There were several already uh, filed before even the so-called gun-mageddon bills passed uh, that are still working, working their way through the courts. So California is one of the leading litigation states for the NRA, and the CRPA works with them all the time. By the way, every penny that the, that the NRA raises in California is spent in California either for their legislative uh, efforts or litigation or uh, uh, similar things to advance the Second Amendment right of California gun owners. That's extremely important to hear. So you go to the Friends of the NRA dinners, you, you send money in. It's absolutely important that we fight here because as California goes, so goes the nation. And I'm, I'm afraid to say that's just been the way it has been. Uh, those of you who are just saying it, I don't care because I'm retiring in a year and I'm going to Arizona and I'm going to take everything with me and that's it. You're on your own. Understand the growth in Arizona, the growth in Nevada, the growth in Texas, those are Californians that have been transplanted over there. And a lot of, a lot of the Democrat progressives are trying to get liberals to move into those states to change them. So it's, it's going to follow you. You better stop it and fight here. Because that's where we're at. Don't be running away saying, I'm sorry, but I'm leaving. You're on your own, Philip. Uh, <laughs> Phil, Chuck, have here's the keys. We're out of here, right? Um, 
you have to you have to get involved because this will follow you and you don't want that happening in your new state wherever that happens to be and so, remember you know the the trump uh victory has has slowed and stopped in some cases that exodus of the progressive mentality from california but it is a deliberate export with in a lot of subjects but with guns in particular the lawyers for the gun ban lobby that that uh, group of lawyers, they are in San Francisco. What a surprise. And they write uh, model gun laws that they push in states across the, the country and in cities across the country and at the federal level. And were it not for the election of Donald Trump, which the NRA deserves 90% of the credit for making that happen because they spent the money to get the rural voters out there to put Trump in office, which gave us Justice Gorsuch and yep. will probably give us a couple more. Gave us a Supreme Court that's going to respect the Second Amendment, as opposed to the one we would have gotten under Clinton, where we wouldn't have a Second Amendment. Uh, and and Trump is also, you know, marginalizing or attempting to to isolate Cal- the California mentality. Uh, and California is uh, clinging to it, but a lot of other states. I mean, we just saw what happened in Georgia. A lot of other states are not buying the progressive mentality, and they are supporting. Uh, the conservative, more conservative agenda. Absolutely. You know, one of the other things that passed, I think it was last year, but state of California has funded funded a uh, group out of UC Davis. This one, I forget the guy's name. I almost called him a gentleman, but that wouldn't <laughs> fit. Um, this guy writes all the anti-gun bills for the state legislators. He's like Kevin DeLeon's scribe. And they funded them, so he has a nonpartisan uh, research arm to do gun violence research. And we're paying for this, right, Chuck? Well, this is Garen Wintermute. Uh, he's not a legislative uh, uh, author, but he, he's a, 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 an emergency room physician who thinks he's qualified to do gun studies, but he's completely biased. His, his work has been uh, crit- roundly criticized for for uh, it being biased, uh, but he went to the legislature with his handout and said, I need $5 million to crank out anti-gun studies, <laughs> and they gave it to him. Of course and, they did. And interestingly enough, they won't give it to anybody else. It's not like you can apply for grants to get this money, and, uh, and it's not like anybody else can get access to the data that he's going to use to, to put out his biased, uh, quote-unquote, research. Hey, it's a good gig if you can get it. I need five million bucks so I can tell you what you want to hear, and uh, just yeah. keep me in the pipeline. And you know what? What? What do you want the study to say again? Okay, do I get five million next year too? Hmm. Imagine that. Uh, no, no biases. No, uh, no, um, not, no self dealing. Right. As long as right. he keeps cranking out the cruddy reports, he keeps getting five million bucks a shot. And that, that's terrible. Hey, I want to I want to end this the last minute. though. I want to talk about some fun stuff that's happening here. Uh, those of you who have been listening to the show for a while, you might have even have run into this guy on YouTube. But Rex Tiber or Tiberius Rex is his YouTube channel. He's a long range shooter friend of mine, and he's going to be doing an event coming out here to Southern California. So we're going to have more information on that, but you can check him out at uh, Tiberius, the common spelling, Tiberius Rex on YouTube. Uh, He's got a great little podcast. You can listen to that also. He's going to be doing some long range shooting um, and doing some events out here in California. And Dan Smichko, Dan Smichko is the, president of cutting edge bullets cutting edge bullets the finest copper 
non-lead bullets you can have for precision and hunting. He's going to be competing in the King of Two Miles, King of Two Miles event next Tuesday. So wish him luck and good luck with that, Dan. Also, we had some news. Uh, McMillan, McMillan TAC-50 rifle was just used by a Canadian sniper to take out an ISIS insurgent at 3,450 yards. Now that's impressive. Folks, have a great weekend. I'm glad we're through the heat. Hope we have a cooler summer from here on out. Chuck, thank you for everything you do, and we'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it. All right, God bless. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino by Gromit's Cutlery and Gifts, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.